So if you're the third born, the fourth born, the first born got the inheritance of everything from the father. So even though they were twins, Jacob and Esau was twins. So the thing was where since they were twins, they were in their mother's womb. So when the first one came out, they tied a red scarlet ribbon saying that this one was the first one. And then when the baby, um, Esau stuck his hand out first. And Esau, they tied a red, a red ribbon around Esau's, I think his toe or his finger, I'm not sure. But they tied it on there. And Jacob snatched it back. And he tried to get out first. But Esau still had the red ribbon. So the, the, it was his inheritance. Amen. So uh, overcoming problems and manifesting victory. We're going to turn over and talk about, um, just look at the, the things you must do to overcome a problem from a Christian perspective. Um, and also um, what we're going to do is give you three steps. Uh, step one is being vulnerable. Being vulnerable means uh, taking off the mask, being true to oneself, and be willing to suffer through being chastised for standing on what you believe. Because many times people, when they, with the status quo, quo and they're with the, the crowd, they can fit in. And, you know, it's very comfortable when you're fitting in and you're saying yes and you're doing everything what everybody else is doing. But it comes a point where you have to do what's right for you. Amen. And in order to do that, you must take, take off the mask. You must be, and this a lot. This makes you vulnerable. Something like um, when you, um, for instance, like uh, Superman Clark Kent. You know, he he became vulnerable. You know how weak, and you know how humble he was as Clark Kent. He was vulnerable. Amen. So many times we have to slip into that role of uh, Clark Kent and be a uh, take off the mask. You know, be willing to suffer. Amen. That's the number one step because we know that pride, um, we can't go, go anywhere with pride. Um, God looks at a contrite heart. That's a heart that's broken. That's a vulnerable heart, you know, a heart that says, I don't have it together. Amen. So we must have this type of attitude. Um, be willing to say, here I am, Lord. Amen. Like Jeremiah said, and be willing to suffer, even though you may be chastised for it. That's one. Step two, do the work. To overcome a problem, you must do the work after you take off that mask. Okay, God requires us to do certain things. And these things must be done. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote, faith without works is dead. So we have to do the work without what? Compromising our relationship with God. Now, this is steps to overcome a problem for a from a Christian perspective. Amen. So um, it's not steps to overcoming a problem from a worldly perspective, because from a worldly perspective, uh, you can just have no faith and follow the steps that they have in the world. But 
in order to overcome a problem from a Christian point of view, you must have a relationship with God. And you must do the work without compromising or taking down for one moment your relationship with God. Now, we know as humans, we're weak. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to fall. You're going to fail. I'm not standing here saying that don't compromise without failure because, no, that's, that's not realistic. You're going to fail. But the important thing is when you fail, that you pick, your, pick yourself up. And it's not that you're, not, not that you're not, gonna, not going to fall because you're going to fail. It's how you handle the thing that caused you to fall. Whatever your problem is. Now, we're talking about overcoming problems. Whatever your problem is, how you handle that problem. And it must um, be dealt with in a Christian type of character. With a tact. Attack, when I mean tact, I mean tactical. That means strategic. That means biblical. That means led by God. Amen? Because the Bible says we're not we're not uh, ignorant of the devil's devices. Amen. So we know that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to throw us off and he wants to do all these things and lead us and mislead us and lie to us and, uh, uh, and uh, misguide us. So we must do these things with tact or tactical. Handle our problems with tact until our character becomes solid. Amen. You must uh, be so so, like, uh, everyone mis misplaces their keys and stuff. Um, well, if you put them in the same place every time you come in the house, amen, then you would know where to go when you misplace them. So that's how our character should be. God has us in a particular place. And if we're not in that place, then what? We're out of order. So when we handle our problems, we must do them with tact. And uh, we get to the point where, um, where we don't fear any storm. Any storm may come. We don't fear the storm. And as a matter of fact, you get to the point where you say, I am the storm. The storm fears me. Problems see you and run. Like when 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 uh, the man um, from Gezerim with all those demons, a legion of demons, he came to Jesus. Everybody else was scared of him. They called him crazy, cut himself, cursing, all the, chained up, living among the tombs. But when Jesus stepped on the scene, he brought order. This is how to overcome a problem, amen? There's no problem too big for God. He overcame death. So you want to be to the point where, hey, I am the storm. I am. I can handle it. I can handle whatever comes my way. Amen. They told me that uh, the doctor sat down um, 2018 and sat down and said, uh, uh, Mr. Boswell, you got cancer. And he said it so nonchalantly, like, give me a cup of coffee. He said it with so much ease and uh, and uh, my demeanor started to fold and I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to do, but God had gave me character. And I said, okay, what next? I didn't break down. I knew that God was stronger than that problem. And if 
if, if I said, God, not my will, your will be done. So, amen, after surgeries, multiple surgeries, and came, and not chemo, but uh, I went under under radiation and finished that and rung the bell, and, 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 the, and the doctor said, I'm cancer-free, but I praise God, he brought me through that. I didn't fold. Well, step two, do the work. When you're doing work, that requires your character. We're still going to come... Uh, talk about Genesis, um, Jacob, Genesis chapter 32, 22 through 32. But right now we're going through the steps. Now, Jacob went through these steps. So we're going to rehearse these steps first before we go into the scripture. So step three says, after you fully receive salvation that God provides and endure many tests, God going to put you through many tests. You will through many tests in your life. They, they test your character. And then the devil comes, he tempts you. And God is testing you. And people try you. In situations, they they see what you're made of. Amen. But we want to be like that silver that's 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 burnt seven, that's burnt nine, ten times. And and come forth as pure, pure. Now, after we receive salvation. The salvation that God provides and endure many tests, we what? Receive an individualized promise. Now, this is after we're vulnerable, take off the mask. You can't even get to this point if you still got pride, if you're still faking it, if you still one thing around one person and one thing around if if that's vulnerability is number one. Then two, you got to do the work. That requires hard work, they require sweat. Requires getting up early sometimes. It requires driving people um, uh, to appointments for two hours and trying to do things right and doing favors. That's the work. And, and number three, at, you get to the point where you receive an individualized promise from God. Now, each and every Christian should want this because God is transactional. You have faith in God. And God gives you something. It's a transaction. So you want to have faith in God, and God gives you an individualized promise. And this promise is pertaining to your circumstance, your area, and your destiny. Your circumstances, whatever circumstance you're in, God can bring you out. Your area where God blesses you, your whole area going to be blessed. When you want an airplane, a plane will not go down. The whole, everybody in there is blessed. Amen? And your destiny, your the, the things that you leave behind. Because when we, when we go meet God and go to our heavenly home, amen, we still have people who speak about us on earth. That's our destiny. You want to be eulogized in a good way. Amen. Spoken of in a good way. You don't want to have a, a wife over here and a, and, a, and a wife over there and a girlfriend in the back and, and people talking about you and people getting up trying not to lie at the, at the funeral. You want to have a, a, a good going home. Yes. Amen. You want your epitaph to read, here was a man or here was a woman who loved God. Overcoming problems. 
So these are three steps. Vulnerability, one. Do the work, two. And three is to receive your individualized promise. Amen? From God. So if we're going to go into the scripture. We're just going to read that scripture and then go back into our lesson to see how Jacob handled his manifestation. Amen? Because Jacob had a problem too. Amen. Genesis 32, verse 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched and he wrestled with the man. And the man said, let me go for his daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. This is the NIV. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered, then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun arose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Amen? Amen. So this scripture tells the story of Jacob wrestling with an angel. And the scripture says that the it says uh, Jacob said, I have saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. So this lets us know that Jacob in this in his own script in the scripture says that Jacob wrestled with God. So the man was God. And they teach us in, in Bible in Bible school the appearance of of Jesus in the Old Testament is called a Christophany, and this is one of those events called a Christophany or Thanophany, uh, the appearance of God uh, as a man. And Jacob is wrestling with this man. Jacob said, "It is because I saw God face to face, yet my life was spared." Jacob wrestled with God. And you know what? This is this is a thing when um, Jacob he he sent his family ahead. Now the setting is it says here in um, the background uh, backdrop is Jacob. You know he was a real Boy Scout. He uh, Boy Scouts say be prepared. That's their model. But we know that Jacob had a slick streak. Matter of fact, the word Jacob is another word for slick. So when the angel asks his name. He said, I'm slick. You know, we got a lot of people in the name Rick, Richie, Ricker, Richie, Ricky, and a lot of people call him slick, slick Rick, right? 
So that's actually a name. People call each other Slick that, um, back in the day when I was coming up. So his name was Slick. It, uh, they say his name is Deceiver or Surplanter. That's what the dictionary says. But you get to say Slick. So he changed, the, 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 he, he had his name changed, but the backdrop is Esau, his brother, he was, he was in the land trying, Jacob was in the land trying to move his family because they're now moving from one stage, one plateau to another where a stage he was with Laban and he had to be separated from his mother um, and his father Isaac for over 20 years because he had to work seven years for each wife. So that's 14 years right there. So he haven't seen Esau in approximately 20 years, over 20 years, he haven't seen his brother. But yet that animosity is still there. The animosity of him being the second born, Jacob being the second born, but Jacob holding on the blessing. Jacob was blessed by his father Isaac because his mother told him how to go into Isaac, putting goat's hair on his hand, hand and, and deceiving his own father. So Jacob, whose name was Slick, another word for saying Slick, he came in and sold, um, he, he bought his brother's birthright. He knew his brother was hungry. So he said, hey, I'll give you some of this red stew if you give me your birthright. And Esau said, that birthright don't mean nothing to me. I'm hungry. Feed me, man. And he sold him the birthright. And this birthright meant everything. But to Esau, he despised it. He didn't care. He, he had no, no recollection of the things of God, the, the, the order. He's just a man of the field. And now it comes to time, 20 years later, Jacob accumulated all these things. He has two wives, two concubines, 11 sons. He has cattle, sheep, camels. He has men servants, men servants. He, he's responsible for a lot of people. He has a company and it's a, a whole, it's a lot going on and he's the head. He is the head, amen? But that old animosity still is there. And he's wide open with his family in the open. And Esau's a man of the field. A man of war, a man who, who knows how to hunt, a man who has 300 men out there running around, killing deer and doing whatever they got to do. So Jacob's scared. He's a shepherd. He's not a man of war. He has smooth hands. He, he, he's, a, he's a smooth man. He's, he's a slick talk. He's a, he's a man who knows how to negotiate and know how to do deals and, and shepherd the sheep. And he knows how to um, handle people and run a company and stuff. But he, he's not prepared to handle what Esau is, might do to him because he don't know the disposition that Esau has. He don't know if he's still mad at him for taking his birthright. He don't know what is on his mind. And he's responsible for all these people. So the scripture says that at night he got up and took his two wives. At night, and his uh, and his family and his female servants, left his sons, and they crossed the river. And he sent over all his possessions. But he sent them over, and he stayed back. I could just see his family saying, "Daddy, why not you? Why aren't you coming with us, Daddy? Why are you staying back there? Why don't you come with him?" But Jacob had to stay back. He sent his whole possessions, everything he had over. It says over the stream. He sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and wrestled 
with the man till daybreak. He wrestled with the man till daybreak because he stayed back because sometimes it's something that a man, he cannot go on in the condition that he's in. He knew that he had to get things right. I'm, I'm slick. I'm, I don't deserve this, God. Sometimes when God bless you, you, you don't feel like you deserve it. And you got to do something. You said, God said, God, I got to receive this blessing the right way. I, know, I took the I took my birthright. I did all this stuff. I I I, I made streaks with Laban's sheep. I got his good sheep, his strong sheep, and, and it seemed like I got all this stuff, and it don't feel right, God. So he had to stay back. Sometimes you gotta stay back and handle business. So he had to stay back and handle business. So Jacob was left alone and wrestled with this man till daybreak. Now he wrestled with the man. And the man couldn't win, and he couldn't win. And it was, it was, it was, the sun was coming up, so that means they tussling for a long time. A long time. And the man said, they said later on, the man said, it's God, God. The man said, the angel said, let me go, for it is daybreak. He held on to this. He held on to this problem. Now, it's, now, just look at this. Later on, it says he wrestled with God, right? But I want to submit to you that God was a problem for him. Don't you know? Sometimes in our lives, God becomes a problem for us because when we get in our flesh. When we want to do things our way, when we when we accomplish and get things the way we want to get them, then God becomes a problem. But you know that you gotta you gotta resolve that issue because you can't be right and God wrong. It's just no way in the world that that can go on. You can't. Some people believe that they're right and God is wrong, but that's not right. But if you got any God consciousness in you, you're going to say, God, let your will be done, not my will. So what you got to do, you got to, you know, you got to get rid of all that stuff. You got to say, I got to yield to you. Amen. And this is what this wrestling is about. He said, Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man said, what is your name? The man, he turned out God. The man said, what is your name? And, Jacob, and he said, Jacob. He said, Slick. My name's Slick. And the man, and, and, and God, you tell God what's your name. God know you. God know you. And you can say to your, you can say, you get with God in the midnight wee hours. And he say, I know you're doing that. That's what you are. So you tell God, God asks you, what's your name? Why are you doing that? What they call you? Crackhead. What's your name, God? And God say, what's your name? Crackhead, for instance. I'm a crackhead. That's what they call me. I'm a crackhead. God said, not so. Jacob, not so. You will no longer be slick, but Israel. You will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome those, those problems. When he say you struggle with God, first you're struggling with humans. He struggled with Laban. He struggled with Esau. He struggled with the, 
the herdsman of Laban. He struggled with his wives. He struggled with his concubine. He struggled with his sons. He, he struggled with all these humans. Don't you know we've been so through so many struggles with humans? And then after that, what we got struggle with God? Because he's trying to change our character. He's trying to make us into what he made us want us to be. Amen. And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. And Jacob said, he asked God. Now, Jacob saying, please tell me your name. He's, at least he said, please. He asked the angel, I don't fought with you all night. Tell me your name. I mean, you made me limp. I skipped verse 25. He couldn't overpower the man. So it said the man touched the socket of his hip. And his hip was wrenched. So the man injured him, or the angel injured him, or God, God injured him, but he still won't let him go. And that's another point, too. You fighting, injured. But you're still not letting God go. You still, you, your name is not crackhead. Your name is not this. Your name is not that. Your name is not slick. And the man said, why are you asking me my name? So that's not the problem. They said the true test of intelligence is not what you answer, it's what kind of questions you ask. And when you go to a job interview, what kind of questions you ask is just as important as what you answer. Asking intelligent questions can get you in the door. So Jacob asked God, what is your name? He asked him, Jesus, what's your name? And don't you know Jesus, even when he walked the earth, he said, no, I mean, I can't tell you. It's not my time. It's not yet. He can't reveal himself. So he blessed him right there. Ask the right questions. That's the key right there. I put a plug, I put a pin on that. Ask the right questions and you will be blessed by higher authority. Amen. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, yet my life was spared. He wrestled with God, he wouldn't let him go. He was injured, he still wouldn't let him go. God named him, changed his name from Slick to Prince. And this is about how to overcome a problem. You must first learn to be vulnerable. Vulnerable is sending all everything you got ahead and staying back and saying, I'm slick. That's vulnerable. I'm this. I'm that. That's vulnerable. Even in um, the, the world knows certain programs, NAAA, you must say that you have a problem first. Before you even get that problem resolved, you have to say, I have a problem. This is me. I'm a thief. I can't help but every time I go in the store, I got to get something free and put it in my, I mean, whatever it is. This is me. This is vulnerability. Take off the mask. Amen. Number two, do the work God requires. The work was fighting, staying up late in prayer fasting, doing the things that you need to do to make a difference with that problem. And the work is hard because 
That's the hardest part of the equation of the three steps is because sometimes you're in a relationship, even in a marital relationship, you have to work on that. It's not saying like uh, number number um, two says you're going to fail. Some people portray perfection, but behind closed doors, there's always some issues. Perfection is not a good thing to portray in front of people who are trying to go somewhere. If you're trying to lead somebody, you got to show them that you're vulnerable. Because through that invulnerability, through your weakness, you can give strength. Even, you know, even in marriage, you have to work on it. You see some people look like the, the, the perfect couple. Always smiling, handsome and everything. But guess what? Divorce. Because it was a facade. If Okay, we got problems. We got problems. It ain't all it ain't all good. Sometimes it's not. But the secret is learn how to fight. Learn how to get up. Learn how to fall. Know your boundaries. Some things you don't say to certain people. Amen. You can't just say anything to anybody. When I was on the street, you couldn't say anything to anybody because you might get yourself killed. Seemed like um, people um, in the church world don't even understand that they, they don't understand. A lot of people don't understand respect. I, I know levels of respect. I've seen that more so on the street than in the church. Because if you disrespect in the street, it costs your life. You get time and you get life in jail. People disrespecting in the church, disrespecting leaders, talking down leaders, putting their mouth on leaders, and don't understand that there's consequences. Amen. We're talking about doing the work. It's hard. It's hard keeping your mouth shut. It's hard being humble. It's hard doing the work. It's hard. But this is a Christian perspective. After you fully receive salvation and endure many tests, like he did, and you expect an individualized promise. He got his individualized promise. He didn't let it, he didn't let God go. God didn't tell him his name, but that's not important. God tell you his name. He's a healer, he's a way maker, he's a provider. He's a, he's a everything. He's whatever you need. He, so his name is, is good, but you want to receive what he has for you. And what he said, he said, he gave him a name of Prince because his daddy told him that you will receive uh, inheritance of people. Your descendants will be like the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea. So that's what God told Abraham and Abraham told Isaac and Isaac told Jacob or Isaac told Slick. But Slick had some issues. So he knew this. He knew of this, but he said, OK, I, I need to get my promise. He, yeah, you told you told granddad that we're going to have all these people. You, you told granddad that, but I'm still Slick. So. I thank God that God is able to inspire 
inspired through his word. And this word is life. I know I can have proof that it's life. Because when God gives a man of God or a woman of God or someone who has the gift of evangelism or an apostle, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, a, a, a prophet, when God gives his gift a message and that man is obedient and gives that message to the people of God, that message will be effective. It's just like throwing out seeds. You don't know where it's going to grow. You don't know where it's going to, you don't know if this seed is going to grow up big and that seed going to die. But you know that you was obedient and the word of God goes out. But yet, I know, I know this is true. I know the word of God is true because it's not like reading Shakespeare or Hawthorne, Moby Dick, The Scarlet Letter, you know, Romeo and Juliet, Hamlet, Macbeth. All these things, those are words, those are great novels, great classical novels. The Tale of Two Cities, when he said, these are the worst of times and these are the best of times. Great penmanship. But the word of God is a living, breathing entity that's transferred from spirit to spirit. So if you receive the word of God, guess what? You can have the promises. You can have your individualized promise. And like um, Abraham Maslow has the, the, the chart of human development. And on the highest rung, it says self-actualization. So the, self the highest chart that we can get is that individualized promise. The individualized promise that God has given you, but you only get that through struggle. You're not going to get saved today and then tomorrow get an individualized promise. It's possible because God can do all things, but um, but but I don't think it's going to happen because you got to go through. You got to go. It says he fought with humans and God. You got to overcome God. That means overcoming your flesh. Once you overcome your flesh and get that under your feet, the devil ain't no issue. The devil ain't nothing anyway. We just blow him up and make him big. But once we conquer our flesh, we got the victory. Amen. This is overcoming problems and manifesting victory. Amen. We thank God for the word of God. And at this time, we're going to conclude this message and go into some things that we have for this church in particular. Amen. Which is 2021. My job description was to guide souls from hell. 2022, my job description is to inspire, to plant faith, and to aspire to build faith. Amen? Amen. May God bless the word that went forth on this evening, and may God be with you. In the words of Maddie Mars Clark, take God with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.